fun. Better now. Oh my God. So oh, that's nice. <laughs> I know. <laughs> good one. That was a good response. I try. Uh, <laughs> it's good to see you. What's what's going on? What's going on in your life? Well, I just got back from Indiana on Friday, so I'm back in Denver. Yay, uh, Denver. Yeah, uh, the air quality was not great on Friday, but it's, like, better now, so that's good. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, are the fires still happening in Denver? So they've never been in Denver, but I or think... Colorado. I think the closest one was actually in, like, Fort Collins, which is like an hour away. Um, I think that they've all been contained is what I think, but I could be wrong. So if anyone is listening, <laughs> one's going to tell me. I know. I'm, I'm immediately not. like, uh, can you just tell us the news? Can you, <laughs> can I quiz uh, you on current events? Uh, <laughs> that's fun for everyone. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, pretty good. Sleeping in my own bed, made like breakfast. Like I like cooking, so I really I miss, like. I mean, obviously, I love like getting takeout and stuff too. But after a Who while, like, I want to cook in my own kitchen mm -hmm. and like, not, you know, have to go out to eat. So yeah, it's it's good to be home. Um, Went to the pool yesterday. There was, like, no one else there. It's, like, a, the apartment pool. What else? And then I have to go to New Orleans for work. So. Jet setter. <laughs> Look at this I cosmopolitan know. lady. You know what? Jet setting normally, across the U.S. <laughs> normally I would be like, yeah, like, look at me. Look at all the things I'm doing. But I'm, like, embarrassed. I'm, like, ugh. I'm, like, going. I'm, like, going somewhere. Please don't, like, throw anything at me. <laughs> that is, yes. That is it's so true. Normally you'd be like, yay, vacation. Look what I'm doing. And now, like, you can't because you'll be shamed. And honestly, like, you deserve it. <laughs> Actually, you if know you're what? Willy nilly <laughs> traveling, you deserve the shame. Yeah, but like I've had specific reasons for my oh, no. trip. <laughs> no, I'm Can not talking about you. But I will say, first of all, I've been flying Southwest and they mm -hmm. have like the middle seat empty. I've heard that Southwest and Delta are doing like an awesome and, job and other ones not so much. But this fucking guy that I sat next to, he wouldn't put his mask on. He would like had it on at the beginning when I sat down next to him. And then he like had like those stupid like cheese crackers. Like it's really cheese, but it's like a cracker. Uh, get out of here, cheese crackers. Wait, like the keto and ones? Said, yeah. And I don't yeah. want to say the brand because like it's a great brand and I don't want to associate this that brand but and honestly our following is like so large that if we did oh my no. god their revenue losses can you imagine <laughs> so he was he like had a bag of those and he would like take his mask off take like one sip and then go back to watching the fucking big bang theory oh my god also he was watching fox news so i should have just known oh. from the beginning i shouldn't have sat there and like every time a flight attendant would come by he would like take a drink or like 
put his mask on, and then the second they would pass, he would pull it off. And it was like, clearly, you know you're doing something wrong that you don't want to get caught for. So just, yeah. like, put your fucking mask on. So then I moved. I moved to the back oh, of the plane. Oh, good. Like, yes. Like, grabbed my stuff and, like, stormed off. And the guy in the back of the plane, like, I don't think he was that pleased. <laughs> I moved to sit with him instead, and I was like, sorry. Did but. you tell him? Were you like, sorry, this guy wouldn't wear his mask? No, I was just like, is this seat empty? I, I would assume, like, if you're moving <laughs> seats on a plane during <laughs> COVID, like, it's probably There's that. a reason, yeah. So if you're that guy, fuck you. Yes. <laughs> if you're that guy who watches the Big Bang Theory and Fox News on an airplane and can't keep your fucking mask on... Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. So that was like, but otherwise I've had really, like, I felt, you know, as safe as you can feel in an airport. I feel Good. like and, or, or on an airplane. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So uh, what about you? What you've been up to girl? Yeah. So I started my classes, which is going, they're going well, but one of them is a, like a statistics, like, quantitative methods class and so I'm having to learn how to I can't I like I can't even describe it like I'm running data like I don't you know my brain it's not that <laughs> like whatever that is it's not that, it's not that so I feel, <laughs> yeah so I feel like I'm learning a new language uh which is tough but we're getting through it um and then this weekend I was at the Comedy Attic in Bloomington um, for some stand-up shows with our good friend Gwen Sunkel, who is an indie comic, and she's awesome. Uh, so she was headlining at the Attic, which is it's this comedy club in Bloomington, um, and she brought me with her, which is so nice. And the shows were really, really fun, and just a cool comedy weekend. And it's just it was just that weekend, right? Yes. Yeah. Just this upcoming weekend, they have Nikki Glazer coming in, and I'm like, ah. Wow. I know. Crazy. I yeah. I was like, I kind of want to go, but Joe and I. Joe is my boyfriend. Uh, Joe and I have a show next weekend already, and then Friday night is, as you know, Dungeons and Dragons night here. Oh, of course. At who, the could resist, who could resist the Friday night D and D? Well, I, I could. Such a good girlfriend. You <laughs> are. You are. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad it went well. I'm glad the people of Bloomington were exposed to your and Gwen's amazing comedy stylings. Oh yeah. Well, so like. It's kind of weird because now with comedy, you know, people don't really want to be inside. So like all of these shows are trying to figure out what to do. And actually like a lot of big name comics are coming in and doing these huge shows at drive-ins. Like we've got the Tibbs drive-in here in Indy and they're doing, I think like Nate Bargatze's coming in, like Hannibal Buress. They've had other people already. So you can like go to a drive-in and watch a comedy show. It's a really good idea because you can like tune your radio and stuff, right? Like you do for the drive-in probably. Yeah. So 
I hadn't, I didn't even know that Indy had a drive-in uh, and that's not on Indy. That's my fault. I should have, <laughs> like, I feel like an idiot. Um, is, it, is it really in Indy or is it in like Noblesville or something? It's in like Speedway. Speedway, which, which is, pretty- is not Indianapolis. Well, if you're living um, in Speedway, you live in Speedway, not Indianapolis. It's so. <laughs> it takes like 20 minutes to get there. It's I know. Very close. I very close to Speedway, so I understand. <laughs> so we found out that it existed because now everybody's like going more, I guess. And so Joe and I went um, a little bit ago and we had a great time. Everyone should be going. It was so much fun. We just like sat in the car. Yeah, we did the radio. That's how we listened. We saw... Um, New ten no not new tenant <laughs> that's two different tenet? no tenet? we did we didn't see tenant and here is why because it was playing um we didn't see it because I feel that it would be difficult to pay close attention at a drive-in at like a drive-in that. and I think that if there's one thing that you need for a Christopher Nolan film it is very good focus and attention on what's happening. Cause like that shit is confusing. I still don't understand interstellar at all. Um, yeah. That's like the same for me in like Batman. I'm like, who's Batman? <laughs> like what, what's that guy all about? Great. What is his <laughs> deal? <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, I do, I do want to see Tenet, but I was like, yeah, I can't do this at a drive-in. So we saw New Mutants, which is like the X-Men, the new like X-Men one. And then we saw, because um, it was a double feature. That's the other thing. It's like you get two movies for the price of one. Are you kidding me? Um, we saw the new <laughs> Bill and Ted. Was it really, good? Yeah, it was really fun. We liked it. Also, um, yeah, it was good. Bite-ness. But Keanu Reeves is like, he's like a bad actor, right? Is it just me that thinks that? I don't know. Let's pull our listeners. This is unfortunate that we have to now end the podcast after only two <laughs> episodes because our friendship has ended. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, but like, he's just not a um, good actor. I'm sorry, the lake house with Sandra Bullock? Are you kidding me? It's trash. I I was obsessed with it. Did you see the Ali Wong movie? Oh, maybe? Yeah, Yeah. where he played himself? Yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, it was really Because he was like making fun of the fact that he's a terrible actor. Yes. No. Um... It's hard for me um, to say because I love Keanu Reeves. He also does a lot of his own stunts, I found out. Which, like, he should have one of those shirts, like, I do my own stunts. They Maybe make he those. does. I haven't seen his closet. Have you? Um, but, like, doesn't that make – I don't know. All right. Well, I think we'll have to table this. It'll go on our list of things that we don't talk about um, along with Steak and Shake. This is below Steak and Shake. Steak and Shake is, <laughs> we really can't bring it up. No, we can't. It's a hard disagree. <laughs> um, I am also, I haven't been to one yet, but I'm also planning on seeing a drive-in movie 
Um, Red Rocks Amphitheater. It's like a little theater in um, Morrison, Colorado. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they're doing, because all of their concerts were canceled this summer, they're doing like movies on the rocks. And I'm going to see The Labyrinth, I think, like in two weekends, um, which I love The Labyrinth. It is like one of my like childhood like favorites which maybe childhood like, favorites yeah i would say i was like 10 but like oh my god it's baby in it <laughs> okay i saw that movie for the first time in college and i was disturbed and terrified <laughs> and david bowie like never looked hotter than in his like cod piece that is fair <laughs> and like full face of makeup yeah, yeah, we're into that. Molly. She's like a baby mm-hmm. child in that. It's like her first, yes. one of her first movies, probably. Um, so good. So I'm going to see that. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah. Everyone go see a movie, I guess. That's all we do, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like I'm, I like usually feel like I'm like pretty cool and like have like stuff going on, but like not these days, not really, <laughs> which makes yeah. me cool that I'm not right. doing anything. Now it's cool to not be doing anything. Actually, so Joe is like obsessed with having people over to watch things in the backyard, which I guess is like our own version of a drive-in, if you will. Um, oh, yeah. Walk-in. He'll just like he'll just like take a TV out there and then invite people over to watch things uh, so that it's safe. So they're watching football right now. Cause it's Sunday, Sunday football. And I was like, ah, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. I, Oh, I don't know if you've heard about this, but the only sport that I will watch now is like marble races on YouTube. Have you seen those? What? No. Marble oh, races? God. It's races like this, with marbles? Yeah, this guy has been doing this for like 10 years. It was on an episode of Last Week Tonight. He, uh, John Oliver is now yeah. like a sponsor of the <laughs> marble races. That makes but sense. Like, he built this whole like stadium and there's all these like little marbles in the stands and he does like stop motion and they have like signs. What? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to watch this. There's, like, endurance races and, Mm -hmm. like, where they go through, like, the, you know, like, the spinny, like, funnel marble things. You know what I'm talking about. I do know what you're talking about. Um, And there's, like, a whole series. Um, My good friend was, like, when sports went away, (laughs) he was, like, this is is filling that void. Yes. Do they have teams? So you, it's like there are teams and like all of the marbles, it's like different colors. So like, I don't know, there's a a team called like Momo and all those marbles are like purple. (laughs) Yeah, the classic color Momo. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we have a a new segment this week uh, that we'll be doing periodically. Um, called Lady of the Week. We'll have yeah. to like get like, Classic cool, like L-O-T-dubs, Lady of the Week. Lady, Lady of the Week. 
we'll work on it. Yeah, that time. was on the fly and not great, but not terrible. Crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, our lady of the week is RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. Her sweet fucking soul. She should be the lady of everyone's week. And I think of every week is. for I think, everyone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of every week for everyone. Yeah. Oh, man. That was tough. Um, especially because, like, I mean, she's awesome for so many reasons. And as you know, like, I have been teaching high school government for the past five years. And so, like, you know, I taught about her, which was great. And I got to like introduce young people to her and all that she did. So like, I feel like she's been a big part of my existence <laughs> through the past few years. So like I have a candle with her on it here. I'll show you. I saw that. I was going to ask you. Yeah, that's that RBG in the middle and then Elena Kagan and Sonia Sotomayor, the other two female justices on the bench right now. Uh, Morgan got this. My friend Morgan got that for me. Thanks, Morgan. Um, Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, Morgan. I've got like a little uh, action figure of RBG over on my desk. She's a big present. And it was tough because like we, I didn't get the notification on my phone or anything. We had just gotten to the comedy attic and like walked in the door and the owner was like, I'm so sorry. And we were like, what did something happen with the show? And he was like, no, have you heard? And we were like, what is going on? And then he turned on CNN and it just said like breaking news. Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died at age 87. And I was like, fuck. Um, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I was flying and I didn't know. Oh. So then I landed Friday night and my friend that was picking me up was like, Hey, I'll, you know, I'll be at blah, blah, blah gate mm -hmm. to pick you up. Also Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. And I was like, what? Oh God. It just like 2020 has like big end of the world energy, you know? Like, I know. I'm like, is this the rapture? Are they taking, are they taking hand people? Is that what this is? Feeling hand, Handmaid's Tale is like, it's yes. upon us, you know? I was, when, yes. I was talking to Joe and I was like, this is the point. I think this is the point in Handmaid's Tale where you're like, do I leave? Do well, I, do I, I go? Think, I think this is like extra Handmaid's Tale because Americans cannot go anywhere right now. Oh, so we're just like, fuck. Here. I didn't even think about that. Oh, yeah. It is on... It is so on. Okay, Aurelia, here's the plan. Find someone that can make us, like, a bunker, okay? And okay. we're going to get into it and come out in, like, five years Two, five. <laughs> and see what's going on. What? Like, I'm really digging my 30s, or at least I was, until, like, everything started happening. Like we had big plans. Um, you and I had big plans for this year. And this year did not have big plans for us. That's right. It was like, nope, you don't get to leave Indiana. Sorry, Katie. <laughs> the, the cruelest punishment of them all. 
exactly. I am excited. I get to vote in Indiana this this year instead of voting in New York, and I think that's Is important. Indiana, like potentially a swing state this year, or it's like not. Nah, uh, I'm well, say probably um, not, but it did vote. It did go blue in 08 for Obama. So fingers crossed. <laughs> If you're listening to this, this is a liberal podcast. If you <laughs> you're aware, <laughs> I mean, you're all are welcome. Weird. But like, just yeah. Wanna if you want to listen, <laughs> you're trying to do like some recon for the other side. <laughs> Feel free. Um, yeah, but if here's what I would recommend: if you don't understand why. Ruth Bader Ginsburg was so important and uh, the good that she did, I would strongly recommend that you watch the documentary on Hulu, RBG, because that will show you everything. But also the like feature film, the movie that came out um, on the basis of sex is so good. Oh my God. I cried the whole time that I watched it in a theater by myself, as I do. Um <laughs> But it's great because, like, obviously she's awesome for what she did on the Supreme Court, but it's really, like, what she did as a lawyer that led to being able to tear down gender discrimination. And it goes through, like, the whole first kind of case that she took to the Supreme Court, which was a gender discrimination case, but on behalf of men. Like, in the case, men were being discriminated against. So it's not just women that owe stuff to RBG. Like, everybody does um yeah that's so interesting I had no idea yeah it's so good and also um Army Hammer plays her husband in the film Uh, and he's gorgeous and like so endearing um so if you like him would recommend it just for that alone he's so good Who plays Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Uh, what's her face? Felicity something. Uh, Felicity Jones. No. Felicity Upman <laughs> is uh, <laughs> in jail. What? Wait, jail. Was, she one of the, was she one of the, like, getting her kids into school people? Yes. Yeah, that was, it was Felicity Huffman and then um, Aunt Becky from Full House. Oh, she's Felicity Huffman has already been released from prison. She, oh my God. Okay, let's play a game. Guess how many, guess how much time Felicity Huffman served in a federal prison for her role in the college admissions scam? Well, how much time was she supposed to serve? I don't want to tell you that because I think it'll give it away. But I'm going to tell you that she served like three quarters of it of what she was sentenced to um probably a little more than that how about she spent like two weeks in jail oh yeah you're really good okay so she she was sentenced to two weeks she served 11 days (laughs) i mean at that i hope she learned her lesson yeah, like, especially somebody with, like, that amount of, like, 
money and like power yeah. and oh, yeah. And whatever like going to jail for 11 days it's like a bad vacation right, right? yeah you're like I'm gonna get out of my life still gonna be fucking awesome all I'm saying is that like all these celebrities that are like going to jail and not like just sucking it up and like doing what they need to do for like the shitty stuff that they did like Martha Stewart <laughs> her whole jail sentence and came out wearing a poncho knitted by one of her cellmates okay yeah (laughs) this is a pro martha stewart podcast (laughs) we need to we need to make that known um no felicity jones plays ruth bader ginsburg in the in the film you totally know who she is did she get an oscar did she get an oscar for that movie with what's his nuts you know Eddie Redmayne? Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I know who that is. Yes. Wow. Yeah. You definitely do. She was in like Star Wars. I don't think she won. Yeah. She was in that Star Wars movie. Um, I don't think she won, but she was nominated for an Oscar for win? The Theory of Everything. I don't who think won? So. You know what? Oh, wait. I must know. I think she did win. No, it's nominations. We're doing our own research. We don't have a producer. (laughs) We're doing everything live. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think our, um, like, three listeners are really impressed that we didn't, like, prep anything? We're just, like, Googling. (laughs) I think that they love it. Um. (laughs) Okay, no, she hasn't won an Oscar. She's just been nominated. Yeah, she was just nominated. Is there anything else we want to say about our Lady of the Week, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a true icon? Just vote in November, everyone, please. Vote in November (laughs) and go to law school, everyone. Yeah. Sign up for that LSAT. Flood the market. Devote three years of your life to something that is really hard and not fun and then be a lawyer. Anyway, this is the last episode of the podcast because Aurelia and I are going to law school now. (laughs) Well, and we're not friends because of Keanu Reeves. And yeah, Keanu Reeves has ended our friendship. Uh, (laughs) Just a cover. That's a cover. And Keanu Reeves. <laughs> it's an expensive and time-consuming cover, but it's what we've committed to. No, just kidding. We'll have we'll have more episodes. Um, but this episode you should keep listening to because we have a wonderful interview that we did that we want to share with everyone. Um, Aurelia, you want to tell them who we chatted with? Sure. Uh, we chatted with. Uh, my friend Erin Kill Hefner. She is the manager of seasonal programs and festivals at mm-hmm. Newfield, which is sort of like the all encompassing, um, like the different elements of the Indianapolis Art Museum. So it can, it's like the gardens and the lily house. Um, so she's the one that, like, that works on like winter lights and um, like the harvest festival that I think is going on right now. Um, I don't think anything's going on right now. They're doing like an out, 
I I do follow New Fields on Instagram, and they're oh. doing like a pumpkin, like a jack o' lantern, like walk thing. Oh, right fun! Now. Oh yeah. yeah, no, you're totally yeah. right. I'm silly. I know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's New Fields is like Indy's art museum, but also there's like gardens and stuff. So she does cool events there. So just imagine your own museum in your own city having cool events and then think, who does those? And it's your city's equivalent of Aaron. <laughs> That's right. We had a great time talking with Aaron. It was really fun. Oh, yeah. Aaron also is like really into like food and cooking. Um, so we oh, talked about the stuff that. that she says she's making during quarantine. I'm like, oh, a what? <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to uh listen to find out like we don't yeah, no no spoilies <laughs> no spoilies no i like spoilies. that um, on a side note i would say one of my favorite pastimes is figuring out how to shorten words to make them like cuter sounding abreaves abreaves these words <laughs> yeah, no. anyway Please enjoy our interview with the lovely Erin. Okay, so our guest today is Erin Kilhefner. Welcome, Erin. We're so excited to have you. Thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to be here, too. Yeah. Kind of nervous, but mainly excited. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous, especially <laughs> because everything... <laughs> that could have possibly happened has already happened. Well, yeah, I guess we, we kind have, of in the world, but specifically. Yeah, so. <laughs> Don't put yeah. that kind of energy out for 2020 because she will take it and manifest something crazy. <laughs> so to get started, we uh, always ask our guests the same first question, which is what did you want to do when you grew up? Like, what did you want to be? Well, I wanted to be, I remember in the fourth grade, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a history teacher because I've always, one of my degrees is in history. I love history. Um, Brendan and I are currently, my fiance and I, we're currently watching the West Wing for the first time. He's watching it for the first time. Uh, I'm watching it for like, I don't want to tell you how many times I've watched what it. What a treat for him. I mean. Oh my God. We just watched two cathedrals and it was like, it was so good. Um, but that's like the only time I really get to flex my history degree. But I think, um, in the sixth grade is really when I started, like, it was weird. It was like right when organic food kind of had like a second coming in the States and right when like farm to table and fine dining had a second coming in the States and right when like the food network and the travel network, like Anthony Bourdain had just started on the travel network. And I got really into that. So I always knew I would be involved with like the food industry somehow. Um, but I always, I thought I was going to be a chef for a long time. But after college, I was like, it's so hard. Like I worked in kitchens. It is just outrageously difficult. Um, so I don't know if it's like I ever had an idea of like, I want to be this thing. But I always knew I wanted to be like in history a little bit, in food a little bit, in museums a little bit which kind of worked out for me because that's what I do. So That's right. So for our listeners, uh, why don't you tell them what you do now and, and how you would describe that? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I work at Newfields um, in Indianapolis, which is the campus that houses the Virginia area Fairbanks Art and Nature Park, um, the Garden, the Lily House, and the Indianapolis Museum of Art which a lot of people think is gone. They think when we changed our name to Newfields, we got rid of the Indianapolis Museum of Art. We did not. The IMA is still up. there. It's still <laughs> beautiful. The Hopper exhibit is gorgeous right now. Um, so yeah, I work at Newfields and I work in public programs. So basically our department puts on all of the events. So this is stuff like film screenings, talks, um, gallery openings and festivals. So my title is the manager of seasonal and festival programming. So um, all of our major festivals right now, we have harvest in the fall, winter lights in the winter, um, spring blooms in the spring, and then we will be making some really cool announcements about upcoming summers in the next couple of years. Because when you work in, anybody who works at a museum will tell you anything you do is on anywhere from like a two to four time, two to four year timeline. Like nothing, nothing's immediate. Like you have an idea, you'll see it happen in four years. Oh, that's um, such a and so I do all of our programming for those festivals. Yeah. <laughs> and then it makes budgeting a very interesting process. And um, so then outside of the festivals, anything that's really seasonally based, which is things, things like Mother's Day or trivia, or um, like we were gonna do Pi Day this year, but it got canceled because of COVID. Um, I do like really, fun boutique like film screenings like we did an original 35 millimeter print of Night of the Living Dead this past Halloween we had like a free candy bar and one of the local bars came and like mixed zombies for everybody so I like to think of myself as like a, a professional fun generator like I just generate fun for people um and that's my job in a nutshell it's it's excellent I love it public programs is such like a very engaging place to be in the museum because you're you're very customer facing you know or I guess I should say guest um but it's a blast I love it <laughs> I I really love our department because we are really involved in both members and non-members you know like like one of our one of our very best programs is family day so it's the first Saturday of every other month um, and you come to the museum and there's performance and there's art making and there's usually some kind of themed food and and themed tours and all sorts of fun stuff and it's all just free it's all just there like if you're a member you get a whole day of programming at zero cost if you're not a member you have to pay admission but um, memberships are actually like a two-person membership for a year is 50 bucks it's really not oh, that that's, bad so, yeah that's um, affordable I feel like for yeah so I feel like our department has, like, we have feet in different, what's that expression? Or we have, like, our fingers in a lot of pies, you know? Like, <laughs> we've got a little bit of guest experience. We've got a little yeah, bit of in a lot of pockets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, very, it's very nuanced. It appeals when you're planning a festival and you're planning programming. You know, it's such a wide, diverse audience to plan for, which can be really challenging, but can also be really, really fun. So yeah. that's public programs in a nutshell. That's well, I know so you fun. Sort of, yeah, it's really cool. Um, and I know you sort of had, maybe there's not a traditional path to get this to this career, but- No, definitely um, not. You know, if you were talking to your younger self, or somebody who's interested in, in getting into this type of career, like, 
what type of degree would you recommend mm -hmm. that, that they get or internships or like entry level jobs? Like what, what's like a good way to get started? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I'm a little bit of an outlier in that I don't have a museum studies degree. Um, I know a lot of the people at the museum either have, like at the very minimum, they have museum study masters, um, which I, I, I loved school. I definitely enjoyed school. I'm very, I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to go to culinary school. My parents were like, hell no. So um, I'm very glad I went to college, but extended ed education just wasn't really my, it wasn't for me, you know? Like I read a quote sometime that said like, college is just kids in sweatpants sitting around talking about how to save the world. And that's just not, that wasn't my jam. So if somebody's wanting to get into museums, I would recommend, you know, taking a couple of museum studies courses, you know, for sure. If not, get a degree in it. I think something that's underutilized for sure are like double majors. Um, Cause like I was a double major and I had two minors and it, you know, you just get to take every class under the sun, especially, and I say this like, like I'm a young person, like I'm 28 years old, but like talking to younger people who are like 18 or 19, they're trying to figure out what to do. Like the best advice I can give is just say yes to every single opportunity. It can be anything from an internship to an invitation to a dinner, like your GPA, your degrees, it, it matters, but also it doesn't like <laughs> your work experience and who you know are so much more important. So don't be afraid of people, say hi. I know networking is like the world's most annoying word and phrase of all time. It drives me bonkers. Um, but just say yes to opportunities that come your way because you never know who you'll meet or where it's gonna take you. And nothing is as valuable as real life work experience. Like I think about my first job out of college and I learned more that first year than in my entire four years of school. And it really like set me on the trajectory that went to get where I am today. So that's a very long way of saying, say yes to opportunities. Maybe think about going into work as opposed to going to more school. And with museum studies, it's museums are in a really tricky place right now because they are institutions and institutions are rooted in traditions. Um, but a lot of those traditions are very inherently racist and old. And so there's this new generation of young people and young professionals in museums who are really wanting to change it. Um, there's a really great Instagram account. It's called death to museums. Check it out. They are talking about such interesting, revolutionary, complex issues in the museum world right now. And I don't think there's a clear path moving forward. And so any person who's wanting to get in museums, make sure that you are immersing yourself in those issues because it's not all just didactics and European art. There's a lot more to it. No, I love that so because we were like talking earlier when Aurelia was kind of telling me what your job is. And I was like, you would think that working in a museum, it's like very like stuffy you know, pretentious kind of stuff. It's just because like that's yeah. the vibe that art museum gives off. But everything that you're talking about and like what you're saying you and your team do, it's, it sounds like the complete opposite. Like it sounds very fun and engaging. Yeah. 
I like to call it um, like art with a capital A. Like there is art. There is always going to be that aspect to a museum because inherently if you're an art museum, you should be treasuring and conserving these masterpieces, you know, but what I love so much about public programs and anybody who's looking to get in museums, get an internship in either education or public programs because, you know, you take that art with a capital A and you distill it down into something that is really approachable and really fun, but at the same time maintains the integrity of the work, you know, um, which is, can be hard to do. You never want to water something down so much just for the sake of making it digestible. Because I, I think there's a difference between making something easy for people to consume and making it relevant. Um, there's a really good book. It's called The Art of Relevance. And it's about, it's specifically about building programs at museums and how to make them relevant to communities. Because I'm not gonna walk into a museum and be like, look at this sculpture. Isn't that swell? You know, it's of, <laughs> It's done in white marble if it's of a perfectly fit man and it's from the ancient Greece empire like that's not appealing to me but maybe what's appealing to me is setting up a photo booth next to that piece of art and having people like use their bodies to create a sculpture around it and talking about how the human form and different shapes and sizes and colors and you know how the body itself no matter what it looks like, can also be art in like direct juxtaposition to this like perfectly sculpted male piece right next to you. To me, that's really interesting. I think that's what public programs is. How do you like come up with that stuff? Like what's your process? Like, is it very much like team oriented? Are you just like brainstorming all day? Like where are you drawing that inspiration from? So I will say my team that I work with are so much more talented than I am. I work with some of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. And they are all, you know, my boss has been at the museum for almost 20 years. Um, one of my coworkers, like I said, has a degree in museum studies. Another one of mine went to art school. And so I think that they, they approach it from like a very like educated, very um, multi-layered, multi-sensory standpoint. But like my creative process truly is like okay how ridiculous can I make it like like how crazy can I get and then and that's like we call it like the big idea like what's your big idea what are you trying to do so and then from there you filter in things like okay who are we trying to appeal to what is the point of this is it accessible is it budgetary is it related back to the seasons and so um I don't like to use the expression that you chip away with it. I like to think that it's just like you start with like your ball of clay and then the end you end up with your bowl, you know? Um, but I truly just like to think like, how wild can I make this? And then we'll go from there, <laughs> which is, I get a lot of eye rolls when I'm like, you guys, let's do this thing. And everybody's like, no, Aaron, that's, <laughs> we can't like launch fireworks off the top of the building. How wild can I make this? That's my um, thought process, like when I get dressed, usually, too. <laughs> what can I get away Aurelia, with? Aurelia, I will never forget your velvet-themed birthday. That was amazing. <laughs> I that love was, velvet, yes. and I love a theme party, yeah. so, you know. I had a birthday party, like, two years ago, 
three years ago, I think, where it was Drake and Ina Garten themed. And it was the best birthday <laughs> party of my life. It was so much fun. That's amazing. You know, like, all dressed up like Ina and Jeffrey and listened to Drake. And I, like, we all, like, cooked food out of Ina's cookbooks. It was so fun. If only Drake and Ina Garten were friends in real life, like Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart. That would okay. be, like, what a mashup. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I would watch an Ina Garten, like, holiday cooking special where her guests were, like, Drake, um, Millie Bobby Brown, uh, AOC, <laughs> Kelly Rowland, and, um, like, Bernie Sanders. Like, I would watch that special. Yeah. Ina, Ina, if you're listening, or any executives at the Food Network. Who are, if anyone knows the right people to make this happen. (laughs) Yeah. Put it out there. I feel like after all 2020 has put us through, we as a group of people inhabiting the world deserve an Ina Garten Christmas special. It doesn't have to be holiday special. Holiday special. I don't even care. Let's just do it. Erin, what's been like your favorite, uh, like your favorite program that you've done? There was like this moment at Harvest last year where like the art making tents were stuffed with people. Uh, We had like a pumpkin shaped bounce pad that was like full of kids. Adults were just like sitting around and having beverages. People were laughing. And I had booked this local DJ, um, Kyle, it's DJ Nag, which whom I love. If you're looking for to book a DJ in Indy, please book this man. Um, Ina Garden's people, if you're still listening. Kyle. His name is Kyle. In Indianapolis. Wait, did you um, say DJ Nad? Yeah, it's Nags. It's K-N-A-G-Z. Nags. Okay. Um, but he put on, like, his version of Baby Shark, um, <laughs> which, like, I'm one of the few people in the world who's not annoyed by that song. And it was just, like, but then he, like, immediately put it into, like, Jay-Z and then like immediately put it into some like weird chopped and screwed bluegrass after that but like everybody loved it and they just like got up and were dancing and like it's just one of those moments like in the department we call them aha moments where you just like look around and you're like this is a good program like people are engaged they are enjoying themselves they are having fun um it was great so yeah those are some of my my favorite memories but art, I mean, like in the Hopper exhibit this. right now, the Hopper exhibit's beautiful. We have, I can't talk about it, unfortunately, but we have some extremely cool stuff coming summer 2022. So just like keep an eye out for it because it's truly like a once in a lifetime thing. And I'm very excited for it. That's awesome. Ooh, I love like the mystery and intrigue. Oh, I yeah. know. I hate doing that, but like, I truly can't talk about it. <laughs> Is there, okay, so you said 2022, as in, like, two years from now. Uh, Are you guys, like, working on stuff right now for sooner than that, or? Yeah, so, um, like I said, everything in the museum's done on pretty much, like, a two-year timeline. Um, So, and with coronavirus, you know, it's really tricky, just because a lot of what we do is very hands-on. It's large crowds, either in the amphitheater or the movie theater on campus. Um, it's concerts, it's live music. It's, it's right. no matter what we're doing, people are gathering. So um, like right now we'd be really deep in like 
planning next summer. Um, but we're just kind of holding off on it. But um, well, obviously we are planning on doing, we always do MLK day at the museum. It's free admission that day. It's always such a beautiful day. Um, you know, our department does a great job with it. We are planning on spring. So spring is a really big season at Newfields in the garden because they plant over a million bulbs. So there's over a million flowers that bloom. And there's some really cool stuff that we're going to do in the gallery. So we're working on that. But we're also just trying to get through fall and winter lights this year because, you know, winter lights is one of the cornerstone programs at the museum. It's such a oh, beautiful yeah. I went. I went this past year. It was great. Oh, did you? Did you would recommend it? lots of like uh, boozy hot chocolate drinks. Big fan of those. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you're saying you don't that. remember any el- anything else? Because It was just project. like flashing lights and rhododendrons. And yeah. that's, what, that's what I think it was. Um, you know, but yeah. But like Winter Lights is truly like an all hands on deck kind of thing. And 130,000 people come, right? We don't know if we can accept 130,000 people at the museum this year. So it's just, it's been a lot of touch and go of like what we can and can't do. You know, at the beginning of quarantine, we were doing a lot of online content. Brendan and I hosted a lot of um, trivias on like Facebook Live, (laughs) which I did manage to convince my boss to let me do a Fast and Furious trivia, uh, but I had never seen any of the movies. (laughs) So I had to watch all of them in like one week, Uh, but it was super fun. One to do that? I did because our really good friends, Koi and Jess, are like a like Brendan, my fiance, and Koi and Jess love the Fast and Furious. It's like one of the cornerstones of their friendship. And I had never seen them and everybody lost it. So they were pretty good. I mean, I enjoyed them. I mean, people see them. I drank a lot of Negronis one night and tried to do a Vin Diesel impression and it just like wasn't great. (laughs) Didn't hit. No, it did not. Um, If you want to just like think about it, maybe at the end you could do it for us. Okay. (laughs) I'll see. I'll see. We'll see. Um, Yeah. Or just like send us video later after some Negroni. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I can, I can, I can probably make that part happen for you. But, and like to answer your question as well about like what we're planning that's more immediate, you know, we, um, there's a really cool, and a lot of it I can't, we just haven't announced it yet. Sure. sure. Um, and I know this episode will be coming out later, but we have some really amazing fall programming coming up. We have some really amazing, um, like women's rights programming coming up that I'm super excited about. My coworker has worked so hard on it. He did such a fabulous job. Um, and then again, I would say keep an eye out for some spring announcements because like, I wish so bad I could talk about it, but I think it is one of the most exciting and dynamic projects I've ever been involved with. And I can't wait to put it on. It's going to be so fun. That's great. And like, you know, after the episode goes up, once that those announcements come out, we can always yeah. share that stuff on our page Absolutely. Um, as well. So visit our Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, during the month of October at Harvest, or during the month of October at Newfields, there will be pumpkins on the ground to see and interact nice. with, and it'll be very beautiful. So I love interacting with pumpkins. Me too. 
We're best friends. So speaking of pumpkins. What? (laughs) I said, speaking of pumpkins, um, and I know this about you because we're friends, but Erin, you're like a really great cook and you were talking about this earlier. Um, And I've, Aaron cooked me dinner once, and it was a game. Oh, it was yeah. so oh, big, big ziti. Night. That <laughs> so was good. so fun. Um, so I know, like, you've probably had some extra time on your hands, and lots of people are, you know, cooking more. Like, do you have any recipes, like, that you're, like, starters? Yeah. <laughs> so I actually don't like sourdough bread. So I, that was like a big no on my end when that happened. Um, so in terms of like recommendations for people, if you have not checked out the book Indianish, um, it's by Priya Krishna, that I've never encountered a book in my life where every single recipe is a banger. Every single one. I mean, I literally cannot talk about this book enough. And it's deeply approachable and very simple. I love it so much. So Indianish by Priya. Um, I'm like looking at my, we have a whole shelf in our living room of my cookbooks. They're organized by color. Amazing. Um, There's another cookbook. So there was this woman, her name is Daisy Martinez. Um, She had a cooking show on PBS when I was a kid but she has a cookbook called Daisy Cooks and it's Puerto Rican food. Mm. If you've got time on your hands, you've got time to get down to your international grocery store, hunt down some culantro and make some pernil. So definitely check out Daisy Cooks. Um, I'm obsessed with Smitten Kitchen. Me too. I love Deb. Love you, Deb. Love Deb. Sponsor me, Deb. (laughs) Um, So I would totally recommend that book as well. I love it a lot. And then this is also my PSA for people to start drinking wine with like, oh. like start. You don't have to tell us, Erin. No, like if you like cook, I love it. Go crazy. We did some really fun projects, but like I really encourage people to take this time to like start reading a little bit about wine. Um it's going through such as like it kind of goes hand in hand with museums where like museums are going through through this like kind of identity crisis I think wine is doing the same thing and it's just such an interesting time to start getting into it so Haiti gets um, wine of the month boxes so I do get I do get wine of the month boxes (laughs) I love that that's like and they come with little like cards that talk about like where the wine is from and they have little lessons in each box so you can learn about what the like colors mean and things like that everyone should everyone should get a wine subscription (laughs) i am like i definitely did some like panic shopping in march and one of the things i did there's this really cool website it's called primal wine um and they do all natural wines from around the world which is like they're a little bit of like a hot issue i like them i think they're very interesting some people find them pretentious but like <laughs> everybody's going to think everything about them you know what i'm saying so but i ordered like a whole box of natural wine um we drink all of it very quickly just going to ask how much of the box is left <laughs> yeah i like i ordered like wine in a fire pit and a bunch of clothes from old navy and um like Brendan built a cornhole set and I ordered Miller High Life bags for it. What else did I order? Oh, and Rennet. I made homemade cottage cheese. 
Oh. What? I like, I went back to super basics with my quarantine cooking projects. I made like homemade cottage cheese, wheat sandwich bread, homemade Oreos, because my nephew is really allergic to dairy and eggs. So I, but he loves Oreos. So I was like very committed to making a homemade Oreo for him. Um, I made some braises. I made puppy chow one time. I was just feeling really nostalgic. I just got like really nostalgic and went back to basics. Like everybody was making really fancy stuff. And I was like, I'm eating cottage cheese and strawberries in a bowl. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> That's great though. I would have no idea how to do any of that stuff. So we're very impressed. Yeah, oh gosh. very much so. So we actually have uh, a fun game that Katie prepared. Yes. I have prepared a game. Um, Katie, do you want to give a little a small speech about the game? A little sure. intro? Yes, a little intro. Okay, so it's kind of like a trivia style game, but uh, the title is Museum Program Theme or Song Title. And uh, competing for the prize of two thumbs up is... Aaron and Aurelia. We will see <laughs> if they know their stuff. So I have a uh, ten things here. I will read them off one at a time, and I guess maybe just uh, buzz in. Yeah, buzz <laughs> no. in. Maybe maybe make like a bird call or something. And okay, okay. If you could each choose a bird call at this point in time. Um, that would be great. And then whoever does their bird call. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. I think mine's going to be like a. All right. So whichever one I hear first, you get to, uh, you get to answer. And if you get it right, you get, you get a point. And if you get it wrong, we, we move on with our lives. To the next one. All right. To Google later. Yes, it's a it's an opportunity uh, to learn. So that's yeah. what we're here. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Um, okay. So here we go. Bird calls at the ready. Number one. Is this a museum program theme or a song title? <clears throat> Our future. Kakala. That's a, that's a museum program. Yes, yes, it is. That, uh, <laughs> that's like museum 101. Yes, that is actually from uh, the Met 2018 uh, World Culture Festival. I do have some background. I have that you amount of background information for each one. So, yeah. Okay. It's one to zero. Number two. End of the road. Aurelia? song it's by boys to men right yes correct that is boys to men 1991 oh my gosh we are the tied i was so Fast hoping we were gonna graduation say <laughs> okay let's see if you guys can okay. one pretty tricky uh number three cardigan Aurelia. that's so weird sound is evolving <laughs> Um, I'm going to say museum program. Can I counter Jeopardy? <laughs> yeah. Only if you can give bonus information about I can. what you're going to say. Okay. 
Cardigan is a song oh, off the new Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift album. And okay. I only know this because <sighs> Brendan loves, I think Brendan loves Taylor Swift more than he loves me. <laughs> we had to strike a compromise when we were coming up songs that we're going to play at our wedding next year, where like he only gets three Taylor Swift songs because I only get three Jimmy Buffett songs. And like that was the compromise. That's a good I playlist. have love in my heart for Jimmy Buffett. So he's a man of the people. But don't get me started. <laughs> I agree. No. Okay. Yeah. So Erin, I'm going to give you a point because you could, get, you followed up with the art. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Number four. Holy Toledo. Kaka. Yes. Erin. It is a program that is uh, from the Toledo Museum of Art 2019. They played sacred music of Northwest Ohio composers, uh, and it was performed alongside art. There you go. It's a beautiful museum. They do a great job. Oh, good. I only know uh, Toledo because it's next to Cedar Point with the roller coasters. (laughs) Big fan. Okay. Uh, Number five, Modern Marvels. I think I heard it. Aurelia, you're very faint. You're like a faint, like a faint purr coming through. Yes. You no, know, I, this, I oh. picked the wrong bird noise, I think. <laughs> Choose a new one. Now, um, I'll just, I can do it louder. Um, okay, thank you. Modern Marvels? Yes. Museum program? Yes, that is from the St. Louis uh, Museum of Art, and that is one of their family Sundays program themes, which it sounds similar to like the family days that you were talking about. Yes. A lot of museums have a model of family day. Got it. Because it's Get so much fun. Okay. Yes, obviously little kids in art and it's adorable. Um, <clears throat> number six, dare you to move. Uh, yes, Erin. That's a song. That is a song. That it's is by a uh, switch foot, right? which nobody ever realized that they were a Christian youth rock band. Yeah. That's how I knew them. Uh, yeah. That's straight up a Jesus summer camp Yes, result right there. Oh, yeah. Switchfoot. That's I love that. 2000. I think pretty sure that was on my early iPod that I had. Like yeah, I had it on my MP3. Oh, yeah. And I feel like they were the gateway to um, – Jack's mannequin for me. Oh yeah, or something that, corporate. That's a real. It would have been something corporate. Throwback. <laughs> um, yeah, I was big into like Switchfoot and Reliant K. Yes. Also, in case anyone out there is listening or cares, the current score is Aaron for Aurelia too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am keeping track, just so you're right. Oh, I, you are. I have, I just yeah, I've got a tally system going. <laughs> okay, here we go. Dairy to move. That was switch foot. Number seven, room to move. Aurelia? Museum program. Yes, that is uh, the Art Institute of Chicago. They have a block party 
thing that they do. Erin, I don't know. I, it sounded really interesting, actually. So if anyone is in Chicago, would recommend looking that up. Uh, sorry, not to like promote. Definitely next year. Competition. <laughs> Definitely not this year. <laughs> right, right. Okay, number eight. Ooh, we're getting closer. Rayleigh has three and Erin has four. Number eight, peaches. It's a, it's a song. Aaron. It's a song. <laughs> I know. My dad got a little tipsy over Labor Day weekend and started singing it very adamantly. Well, there's a, there's a, a, good song. a few songs about Peaches because there's Peaches who sings a song called Peaches. Called Peaches, yeah. But then there's also that, like, that song by the United, the presidents of the United State, States where, like, millions of peaches. Yeah. That's, That's the one I was thinking of. That yeah. is the one that I, I mean, on my little thing, it does say, it says peaches in parentheses, the presidents of the United States of America, 1995. So, but I could tell that that's the one that Erin meant. So she gets, yeah. <laughs> okay. Number nine, <clears throat> lots of lines. Caca! Yes, Erin. Program. Yes, that is uh, Boston Museum of Fine Arts. It's actually, it was canceled, so it didn't really happen, but uh, it was, they have like a toddler program and they were going to make lots of lines, I guess. That's okay. Oh, I, thought you said, I thought you said limes, like the fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, you didn't. No, so. I'm sorry. Lots so like, lines. here's a glimpse into the creative process though. Okay, if lots of limes were your like what I would do is find like where line I would contract out a local theater group to do like the history of the line and then like have gallery tours and have them feature paintings from regions where limes are indigenous and then like we could do um we would like like we have like a pop-up space next to the galleries that's like a food and beverage space and we would do like a key lime pie and type of way, or like a key lime martini or something or like a graham cracker blind taste test or something Ooh, yes that's so fun oh my god Katie and I will be I'm, there let us know when it yes. is <laughs> lots of limes that's gonna be 2026 20, uh we have to plan ahead yeah right <laughs> but we will be there everyone who's listening please Mark your calendars. I'm trying to imagine like justifying the budget to that for that being like, listen, 2026, you guys, the theme, big idea, limes. Oh, we could bring in like tequila distillers. For oh, us. yeah. Honestly, it's I a great know. idea. So, bad idea. yeah. Anytime you want to brainstorm, just let us know. Um, it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, thing. we're always here. All right, is this our last question? Yes, this is the last question. Um, so right now the score is six to three, but... So does that mean that this question is worth extra points? Otherwise... Sure, this question is possibly no. <laughs> worth extra points. We'll see. Here we go. <clears throat> this one's a little bit longer, so I have to get it all out. Okay, number 10. Inspired sips. Drawn to flowers. Erin? That's a that's a museum program. We have that at Newfields. 
That is from Newfields. Yeah, that was, it's a, like, That's a trick. That's cheating. It's not cheating. Because <laughs> she probably true. thought I wouldn't. I quit. All right, so if anybody wants to co-host a podcast uh, who's listening, honestly, if Ina Garden's people are still listening to no, this, no, no, we get no. her. Can I give one of my thumbs up to Aurelia so we both get a oh. thumbs up in the true spirit of the millennial generation? Erin, you what are too saying, kind. Katie? I will allow it. <laughs> I will allow it. All right. Two thumbs up, one for each of you. Yes. Thanks, Erin. That was, that was really nice, Erin. I appreciate oh. it. Thank you. That was a fun game. Some of those were tricky. Oh, good. Well, you can always tell, like, a museum title, because it's, like, something, something of something, sure. colon, and then, like, a much longer title. So it would be, like, it would be, like, um, limes in the limelight, colon, a reflection of a non-Indigenous fruit. Limes in the limelight. That like, was, like, you just had that ready <laughs> to go. Amazing. Yeah, that's like, that's always a museum title. You can always tell. There's, it's just, it's always there. I'm trying to think about like if I could name an exhi- exhibition. If I could have a Jimmy Buffett exhibition. Well, put it with the limes because Margaritaville. Yeah. Yeah. I would fight so hard to bring Jimmy Buffett to the museum, but I think my boss would just like laugh me out of her office. I feel like this is all coming together and it's meant to happen. Yeah. Does Jimmy Buffett make art? Has he ever, like, delved into that? Um, well, okay. So he (laughs) did make a musical. There is, and it was on Broadway, and Jimmy Buffett rented out both parking garages next to the theater so that his fans could come and tailgate like they do before his shows, before going to the Broadway show. Because Jay Buff takes care of his people, you guys. Oh, Jimmy Buffett. Wow, he's a real one. That's amazing. Yeah. A nice guy. So before we go, um, I know you gave us an overview of some of the upcoming programs, but if people want to learn more about the museum and the stuff that's going on there, uh, where can they go? Yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously our website's a great resource. It's discoverednewfields.com. Almost the entire collection is cataloged on there too. So you can swipe through our artwork if you're looking for something specific. Um, Limes. Limes. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, Facebook, Twitter, um, and Instagram as well. If you really, like, are feeling motivated and want to go back and watch some of our trivias that we recorded, the Marvel trivia was really fun, and the workplace sitcom trivia was a great time. Um, The museum and the gardens are open. Uh, we just add, you have to register for a timed ticket online ahead of time. So we can just do crowd control. So that is open. And then the art and nature park as well, which is free admission is also opened. We just, um, the, the trail that goes around the lake had been closed for, I think almost two years because of erosion, but erosion mitigation is complete and it is now a pollinator hiking path. Um, I haven't had a chance to get out there yet, of which I am deeply remiss for, but I've heard it's absolutely stunning. Um, and the flowers are going to start, flowers are already starting to wane. So if you want to go and see some flowers, now's the time to do it. Otherwise, it will be beautiful in the fall. 
um, and definitely keep an eye out very soon for some really exciting announcements about fall programming and winter lights. Uh, we will have socially distant Santa this year, which I'm in charge of booking Santa and our Santa is actually Santa. He's the coolest. <laughs> oh, I was going to say I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, why does Santa have to be a man? Okay, Aaron. That's fair. No, I get that. But all I'm going to say about our Santa is that he puts a cookie-scented, like, candle, like, 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 aroma dispenser in his hat so that when you, when you hug him, he smells like cookies. And he has, like, he has this new program, like, we obviously can't do it this year, but, like, he has this program where he has, like, sleeper agents that like go out into the crowd and they're like mic'd up so like if a little kid like spills his hot chocolate he can like show up with a new one and be like timmy i heard you spilled your hot chocolate here's another one it's amazing it's amazing and he's also just the world's nicest person so wow i think he's a real santa that's crazy he's awesome so yeah, definitely keep an eye out for fall programming and winter lights announcements. We are, it's going to be different this year, obviously. Everything's different this year, but um, we're really excited to be doing what we're doing. Well, we're so glad that you could join us, Erin. We had so much fun. Yes, um, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me, you guys. No, I talk a lot, so <laughs> I'm sorry if I, t- I talk to you. Oh, that's the point. That's the point of this. <laughs> You're being interviewed. You're famous. Thank you so much, Erin. Thanks, guys. Bye.